Oh, everybody's hair looks so silly. I, I, so things have been happening in waves, right? I'm sure that you've noticed these trends too, just anecdotally on your uh, Instagram. By the way, I'm Lillian Bustle. Yes. I'm Lillian Bustle. This is Jen Ponton. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> We're here. Oh, fucks. Bringing you your daily dose. You guys, we've now done a good, however many of these. We've done like fucking 30 quarantinis at this point. Um, yeah. Because we're trying to just deliver to you as much as humanly possible while we're all inside. Keep you company a little bit with our ridiculousness and our uh, memories and, uh, and uh, you know, like, um, what the fuck? Uh, our meditations on feelings. Yes, that is exactly what this is. Meditations on feelings and meditations on overthinking those feelings and then (laughs) processing the meditations on the overthinking of the feelings. Over and over until the end of time, until you are only a skeleton. (laughs) Just like, have you ever, have you ever, I think I might be the only person who does this, but when I was a kid, I used to chew on the wrapper from a cupcake. Like I would eat the cupcake and then I would (gasps) chew on the wrapper. Because I didn't want the other kids to think I was weird. But it was Don't let anyone favorite. see you do that. I have never, ever known somebody else to do that. Maybe because it is so swathed in shame. Oh, but this no is shame a real in the moment game. right now. I still fucking do it. I had a four, I had a little, I had a little four, four count box of Trader Joe's cupcakes that was lasting, uh, far into the quarantine and maybe like two weeks ago I ate the last one and I did that with every single rapper mm-hmm. because no one was here to make fun of me. Nope. You know what's up. <laughs> it's all good. But that's like, that's what us chewing on our feelings is like. It's like the, the, that, This the is actual, why. The moment is over, right? Like the moment oh, is the cupcake. The cupcake the is mo- gone. <laughs> the cupcake is gone. But oh, we fuck. can't fucking help but put that wrapper in our mouths and just get that last bit of goodness out. And you all might think we are pathetic for, no. for lingering on the wrapper. However, <laughs> there is there is goodness to be found in it. It's a whole and different it, texture. It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> it's a whole new tier of cupcake enjoyment, my friends. And that is a what tier. we do with our feelings. That's true. With our lamentations was... and our regrets oh. and our and our longings, <laughs> so many longings. I have very few regrets. I mostly regret things that I didn't do mm-hmm. or ways in which I mishandled a delicate situation. Oh um, God! But to that point, I generally follow my instincts, and sometimes your instincts aren't spot on. Um, and with the other one, it's just, I lived in, uh, I let myself be swathed in a culture of fear for a very long time. So I didn't do a lot of the things that I wanted to do. Exactly. I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of regrets of when fear took the reins and when I just didn't do what I, what I should have done either because I wanted to, or because I deserved to. Right. Oh my God. The number of people I would have stood up to. Oh, I still can't do that. That's the biggest. Well, right. I barely can either. I just like, I need to kick my own ass about it because I tell so many people that they need to that I gotta, I I can't. I do it a little bit, but not as much as I need to for sure. Right. Um, Right. Exactly. Every so often I look back on something and I'm like, why? Why did I let that person treat me like that? Like, there are sometimes, there are sometimes where immediately I'm like, no, I'm sorry. This is how you treat me. This is how you treat me. And I'm, I don't know what it is about you or me that made you think you could treat me like that. Yeah. And then other times I'm like, oh gosh, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. Golly gee, I, oh, ba 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 ba. And then I chew on it like a cupcake wrapper. Uh, um, yeah, I'm getting better. I'm getting better, but old I'm habits die old. hard. Oh. I remember. I remember what I was going to tell you. I was talking to my lovely friend Lisa because um, she's she's one of the best things that came out of Meetup for me. She is amazing. 
Um, so she and I were talking and she was like, I'm, I'm trying to stick to a routine. She's been a freelance writer for a while and she is really good at like buckling down and actually doing the writing that she needs to do and getting things out there to like a ton of different outlets. And, uh, and she was like, I'm trying to stick with a routine. Uh, and I was like, um, I mean, I have a routine, but it's not helping me get anything done. And she was like, but it's, <laughs> it's a routine though. And I was like, I think it's more like a string of bad habits that I do at exactly the same time every day. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that counts. I don't think that if it's something I'd be too embarrassed to write on my whiteboard, I feel like it's probably not a routine. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, nine o'clock, time to indulge in that dumb bullshit. <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. could be chewing on the delicious cupcake wrapper that is oh, all of the so music wrappers the music my don't my mine don't have a lot of wrapper wrappers but cupcake wrappers mine <laughs> actually do have some mine i have know some, mine have some good ones yeah we wanted to talk about the music <sighs> that sort of uh, made us who we are you okay you can do good no i'm i'm great you, you i feel like you haven't been breathing a lot today <laughs> i, I have not <laughs> Definitely not. That's not uh, a good routine. <laughs> it's a bad habit that happens approximately at the same time. <laughs> at least I'm not smoking cigarettes anymore. Like, <laughs> I got to give it up for Wellbutrin every day. God bless Wellbutrin. Yeah, I'm really happy. Like, I, I, I believe too much in autonomy to ever be like that person who goes, uh, uh. Like, but, but I am delighted that you do not have to worry about that impacting uh, the giant respiratory plague that's going around, as well as simply having to be out in the world several times a day. Like, that alone would make me nervous, even if I didn't want to be like... Yeah, you mean like uh, touching my hand to my face repeatedly over and over and over? (laughs) delicious in a city on a block that's only that's mere feet from the most uh, <laughs> devastated hospital in the city that oh yeah uh-huh yes <sighs> and um and uh, around the corner from a nursing home actually i if i was gonna smoke i would go out on my um the stairs that go up to the roof but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there uh i have people been doing the seven o'clock clap out where you are the, oh like, God, no! No, no, people no. aren't really doing it here either, and it's kind of bummer. I mean, I feel like I feel like New York, in particular, really, really needs something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, for fuck's sake! Like, and it's it's bad enough for Jersey City, and it's really not even a concern where I am. But in Jersey City, at least, like. It's one step away from people who the entire objective of living in Manhattan is to be in your apartment as little as humanly possible. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. Be, you spend money to be in a part of town where you want to go do things. And when you do that, it, you wind up with so little space that if you have to be inside for any amount of time, then you lose your mind. Right. I mean, and even the people who live out in like Queens and Brooklyn who have more space for less money, the objective of being in New York City is still, I put up with living here so Mm -hmm. I can live here. Yeah. So New York really needs shit to do right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't. My life has changed so little. (laughs) I'm so jealous of you getting to like... Um, Rock around fair. in the room in the woods. Very fair. Yes. Um, I mean, like, obvi- I hear far more ambulances. Um, everybody's real nervous and scared, and I don't get to 
see people or touch things the way I want to. But, mm. um, <clears throat> but in general, if I were just... Oh, God, you know what I just thought about? <laughs> what? Oh, what, what? God. My whole body is crawling. I just thought about a ball crawl. <laughs> what the fuck is a ball crawl? You never... You, as, oh, like a ball for pit? Kids. Yeah. Oh, a ball pit. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, we're not going to have those anymore, I don't think. That was always oh, so scary no. because, like, you just let kids run around in there and you know some kid is pooping at the... I'm sure that I brought up my ball pit poop phobia in the past, but that was <laughs> long before there were other reasons to be so afraid of a ball crawl. Oh, no. Well, I feel like you have not told me about this phobia because I haven't laughed at that yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I thought about it because you're a kid and, you know, at any moment you might poop your pants. So why are you thinking about it? You're like, whatever. No judgment. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> like the Adam Sandler bit. <laughs> like everybody's pooping their pants. But, um, uh, but yeah, as a, as a grown up, I was like, oh, anything could be down there. Like glass, a hypodermic needle. <laughs> and sometimes they're deep enough. Uh, I feel like, in fact, I feel like I, I'm recalling a horror movie, maybe, where mm. something is in the ball pit, like mm. a creature. I don't know where I'm pulling that from, but it's somewhere nice. in it's somewhere like in the, the dark carnival of my mind. And, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's deep enough that even if there wasn't something, if there wasn't something. <clears throat> sinister in there right. like you could get trampled you could be I've, in a position I've where been, you can't really breathe yeah as a kid I have definitely wound up at the bottom of one of those ones that was too deep and it mm -hmm. all worked out fine mm -hmm. but it was definitely like the first oh, time as a small child as I, I'm right here right now but apparently it didn't maybe it didn't work out fine because apparently I'm scared of ball pits so <laughs> they had a ball pit at um Liberty Science Center that was all uh I think it was like balls plus tribbles because they were doing some sort of oh, Star yes. Trek thing yes, yes and yes, I was yes, like yes, that yes. looks like fun and then I like literally got in line for it I looked at it and I watched it it wasn't even that deep it was like if you were a grown-up you were definitely not coming past your waist if you were sitting down oh. and so it was like not it was like uh let's say a foot and a half to two feet deep, not right, deep at all. Right, it basically goes to your shins. <laughs> right. Yes, the point is to, like, lie down and, and take your picture with covered in tribbles. And I, even with that, I was like, nah, I'll pass. No. There's a lot of gross shit down there, and I don't want it. I don't want it. Uh, mm -mm, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely the fuck not. Also, but, that just made yes. me think about, A, how much I really... Like, it gave me a pang for, oh, man, I really want to go to LSC after dark. And then the second mm. pang was... Oh, I don't know if I would ever want to be around that many people ever again. I know. <laughs> I know. And touch I the things they've been touching. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and a my real first visceral was reaction. Like, oh my god, that many people being around people, and then the second thought was, "Fuck no." I know. I vacillate between like wanting to literally crawl into a puppy pile with all of my closest friends and just like pat each other's heads and give each other little neck rubs, and then I'm like <gasps> also terrified of that. Wouldn't now be the best slash worst time ever to become a cuddle party coordinator? Oh, or just even like a cut, like an individual cuddle specialist. A cuddler. Like a touch, a touch surrogate. Oh. Something that honestly, I, it makes me 0.5% wish that I hadn't already constructed my life the way I have, because hmm. if I did not have the life I have, that's a thousand percent the kind of shit that I would be into. <laughs> I love it. Listen. Right? But <sighs> this could be my life in the after. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think we're all sort of looking at things being like, uh, what what can my skills actually translate into? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and can someone please do my resume? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about music. Let's talk music. about music. I'm really excited because we've 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 hovered around this before, and maybe now in this time where everybody just needs endless comfort, this is like a good one. I will start with an album that you and I both adore, and that if you know it, it unquestioningly has like a a, a remarkable presence in 
the chronology of your life. So They Might Be Giants Flood came out in 1990, uh, but because I was too young to be listening to They Might Be Giants when I was six, (laughs) one, uh, an older, uh, a friend's, a friend's neighbor who was a couple years older than us and was really quirky and cool and just very sweet and self-possessed and knew exactly who she was. Um, she showed my friend Kim this album and Kim showed me. And so she, Karen was like in eighth grade and we were in sixth and Karen was like, listen to this album. It's the coolest. And so Kim was like, this CD is insane. And you have to listen to it. And I bought it and I listened to it constantly for the last 25 years. Yep. (laughs) And it was probably the first time that I was like, oh, there are weird adults out there. Yes. That was for me. Absolutely. It was like Mm -hmm. I unlocked a secret level. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, oh, it can be like this. I thought this was just me and my like five friends who like to talk on the phone all the time. (laughs) yes yes oh man I um that and Monty Python I think I've mentioned in the past were sort of the things where I was like there was a litmus test I was like are you weird enough to be friends with me right and it didn't have to be either one of those two things but if you really had never heard of either of those two things we probably weren't going to get along (laughs) (laughs) and it's nobody's fault and it's not like it sounds kind of snotty but like if you uh, so for a while, I also did that with Smashing Pumpkins, which did not really get me a whole lot of long-term quality friends, but that was who I thought I wanted to be at the moment. <laughs> sure. Hey, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, musicals also played a huge part in my growing up, but, um, I remember, I've been to They Might Be Giants. Have you been to They Might Boop, boop, boop. Have you been Never. to a They Might Be Giants concert? No. Never. I want to go with you and I want to go to Asbury Park. Yes. I'm throwing that out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I now I'm also, I mean, I can't remember when the flood thing was. I want to say it was late January or February, but it was the flood 40th. Oh, God. 30th? 30th. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anniversary. Yes. 90. 30th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 30. It's a oh brand God. new record for 1990. 1990. <laughs> um, wherein uh, Don and I were, the place was packed in like pickles, like honestly far more crowded than my comfort zone. Um, sure. But we got up against a wall right at the front. And I can oh handle it God. if I can at least see. And there was, uh, we were right near a door that you would go to to go to the bathroom. So there was a bouncer there making sure that there was Nobody standing in front of us. There needed to be a walkway. And I was like, we did this so smart. This is the best. If I ever come back to this venue, I'm going to stand here every time. We were near so many people. That was so many people. So many people brushed up against me. And that was probably not a great time for that to happen. (laughs) I feel like probably middle school and definitely my friend Jessica were the two entrees into... Even thinking about music that wasn't necessarily on the radio. I mean, Flood, but I thought They Might Be Giants was like a thing unto itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, and I wasn't a huge Weird Al fan. I understood and I appreciated Weird Al. And I do enjoy some novelty music. Weird Al mm-hmm. does not click with me. I don't know why, but I don't care. <laughs> I think it's because you and I are so averse to fandom, honestly. Yeah. Like we respect other people's fandoms, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yuck your yum, y'all. I no, mean, but there is a good chance that but, if a lot of people really like something, I'm gonna be wary of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I feel like when I feel like when people started realizing that I was weird in an appealing way, when they were like, "Oh, you know what cool thing, weird thing you'd like and get really into," and I was like, "Uh." I'm going to stop you right there, Chief. I don't like getting into things that you tell me I'm going to be into. <laughs> Easy, Tiger. Let's take a step I back. I don't think of myself as stubborn, but I think in that way, I'm almost a little too rebellious. Like That's fine. Yeah, you that's know? fair. 
there are some people, of course, whom I trust, but and and um and logically, I could be like, yes, of course, I'll like that thing, but my first impulse is to pull away and say, no, don't you tell me what to like. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It makes me feel like my, I think it's, my mom would forever say, you know what you should do, or you know what you want to do. You know what you want to do. You know what you want to do. What I want to do is tell you never to tell me what I want. That's what I want to do. Oh my God, that's totally where it came from. Fuck. That, and yes, and that is so bone deep that anytime anyone has ever said that to me in a a business situation, oh my God, I can feel my eyebrows catching on fire. Oh, you know what you want to (laughs) do? I, w- I can't even listen to what they say after you know what you want to do because I just want to I just want to crouch down like the thinker and just be like oh I'm fascinated tell me what I want to do tell me everything. The only time that phrase is ever appropriate is if some is if some nice townie is giving you directions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what you're gonna want to do. You're gonna want to pop, 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 Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. That Turn. is gonna be what I'm gonna want to do. Yep. Thank you, yep. Marsha. Exactly. <laughs> My first thing that was really, really, really mine. Like I think I've talked. I've. I think I've talked a little bit about the first couple albums that I was given. Uh, the tapes that my dad gave me. So, like, I was, I knew the Beach Boys, I knew Elton John, I knew Gloria Estefan, uh, and then I knew pretty much everything my parents listened to. So, a whole mm-hmm. array of folk and rock and. Uh, oh, you're cute ass hippie parents. Yes, yes, exactly. That's it. It was like Billy Joel and a fuck ton of like Dan Fogelberg, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and some Neil Diamond and, you know, anybody under that umbrella. Gotcha. Uh, that was, that was my musical, uh, exposure. But then as I got older, I started buying CDs. Like I would use my allowance money to buy CDs and, uh, TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool dropped (gasps) when I was in fourth or fifth grade. And it was, it was like, like every moment of my life was designed to see the way these women owned who they were. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I listened to that album from top to bottom. It was so well curated. It was so beautiful. There were all these interludes and introludes and like fake phone calls and shit and and every song was such a banger and um I was completely obsessed with it it then brought me back to their first album Ooh on the TLC tip which was definitely even more early 90s in feel so I just loved the shit out of that and I pretty much listened to those albums in flood over and over and over again until I could not even breathe and yep that was my like formative music for me to be mm-hmm. like okay I I know what I'm about um which is <laughs> still an appropriate crock pot for me honestly <laughs> <laughs> And then Ooh, it's with funny a because um, spicy Sam Irby, yes, <laughs> spicy melange. Um, Sam Irby recently. I wish that she would let you forward her stories, but you can't. You can't reply to them because nah. she did an entire story series on a Sarah McLaughlin album called "Fumbling Towards Ecstasy." Oh. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I know, I, wait, is that Sarah McLachlan? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I know, I know that. Or maybe I don't. Maybe I just I... know the term. It's so beautiful. Uh, fumbling towards ecstasy, yes, fumbling I'm listening. Fumbling towards ecstasy, and it is the most all-the-fucks album of all time. It's so fucking beautiful. I mean, it is just, it's been marinating. That whole album has been marinating in longing and aching and regret for t- 25 years. And then Sarah McLaughlin's like, here, I just put it here for you. Enjoy it. And I was like, oh, my heart. 
Oh, God. And I wasn't otherwise. I mean, like, I knew her hits, but I didn't seek her out otherwise. But this album is so beautiful. And it's just like, oh, it's so wistful and achy and painful and very, very uh, ethereal. Uh. Very ethereal. So it would absolutely be your shit should you feel like you would like to explore it it's a piece of art and for a young for for a young woman figuring out that she had way too many feelings um that was a wonderful little conduit for me to just kind of sink into and melt and melt and melt sure and speaking of buffy from earlier um one of the one of the best beats of any Buffy episode was that at a certain point in the episode, especially in the early seasons, uh, Buffy and Willow and Xander would all go to the bronze. I don't know why Sunnydale has a club where people who are under 18 can go. (laughs) Oh, that we had one in Virginia. We had a couple of all ages clubs. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you. Ha- if it was, the, it was actually the other way around. Like, I don't. Instead of having a wristband to drink, I think that you got like a big, obnoxious, bright orange wristband if you were under twenty-one. If you were, oh. <clears throat> I mean, obviously that's the conceit of of the show. But I have, I have never known of. Well, I'm I'm boring. <laughs> well, there I've were also done... um, punk clubs places that used to play punk bands because so many people were like straight edge oh those i went to yeah i went to a shit ton of punk shows yeah but you just mean like a dance club yeah 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 so the bronze was a dance club and every Mm -hmm. and every episode they had um a different actual band playing at the (gasps) bronze oh my god how fun it was fabulous and so uh buffy just like whoever whoever was choosing these bands had incredible taste and in one episode they chose a band who became one of my formative favorites called Chibomato. Mm. Chibomato is two Japanese ladies and probably other people behind them but the but the front women are two Japanese ladies and all of their songs are fucking bananas and also very beautiful. And Chibomato played on one episode, uh, probably the first season of Buffy, maybe the second. And they played this song called Sugar Water. Oh, and I think I know that song. You have to. It's yeah. real good. It's very hypnotic. And I was so obsessed with it that I somehow used whatever limited internet I could figure out to find them and find that album. And I bought their album, Viva La Woman. And uh, Sugar Water was still this beautiful, hypnotic, kind of like sexy, pulsing beat. And all the other songs around it were absolutely bananas. And I was like, more weird adults. And these ones are ladies. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. No, you're right, though. I was exposed to way more like. I could find lots of weird dudes. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Baha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Baha. Baha. (laughs) Yep. That's so funny. Now I'm trying yeah. to figure out who my weird girls were, who weren't people who were already in my sphere. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to think on that. That's amazing. I didn't and, have too many, and, uh, and, obviously. And also, uh, oh, Courtney Love I was into for a while, but I did not relate to her. I was right. I was impressed by her. Yes, yes. I felt the I same way like, about Gwen Stefani. I was oh. real into No Doubt, and I mm-hmm. got... You know, I uh, I thought very highly of her and really, I loved No Doubt. But again, it was like the one cool, really hot girl in this pile of cool boys. Sure. Uh, similarly, Smashing Pumpkins bassist, her name was Darcy, is still Darcy. Oh, shit. Oh, wait. Yeah, I think she's still around. Sorry, I just saw, I saw a weird Wikipedia thing that was like, it's to 1999. And I was like, no, she's not dead. Um... <laughs> She uh, was just this, like, platinum blonde who, without, there was no, like, we're letting her play with us. Like, she was a fucking kick-ass bassist, and she was as much a part of this band as Billy Corgan. 
And uh, that's right. Yeah, and I just loved her. I feel like tomorrow we should do musicals, right? Oh, I don't know if I. Uh, maybe a little bit, but I'm a little bit of an anomaly because that thing where it's like, don't tell me what to do, um, oh. that came out real big for me with musical theater because really? I never got. I like stories. And so okay. when right. I couldn't get behind the kids who were like, let me listen to this cast album. I love this cast album. I'm like, <laughs> I want to see the fucking show. What do you mean you're just going to sit oh. here and listen to these songs over and over? Okay, that's so, entirely fair. For me, I wanted to I wanted to be part of that group. So yes, that was the first time that I wasn't like guns blazing, pew, 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 flipping people off where I was like, oh, wait, no, no, no. I need this is the these are the people I like. And if right, I need this is the new social currency, this is the yes, this is the shared vocabulary that I need to work on. Yeah. And I honestly I wonder if it would have been different if I went straight towards uh, like drama club versus falling in with forensics. Forensics, right. But falling in with forensics was like, this is the Wild West. You make your own rules of how weird you are. Like what you like. And so <laughs> another perfectly formative moment for me was when Gabby was like, hey, this is Save Ferris. And I was like, <gasps> what's this? Oh, Save Ferris. Yes, yes, yes. And Save Ferris became my everything like that album will never never ever not feel like a wonderful adventures with my best friend oh god that's so great (laughs) that's so great it was so so good and um i actually remember (laughs) i didn't listen i mean i listened to I went to a lot of punk shows. I listened to a lot of local samplers. But when it came down to, like, the bands that I was really super invested in, it was mostly Save Ferris. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of, like, hard-ons for other punk bands. I had a little bit of Goldfinger. I had some Blink-182. And I remember I was talking with a really cute guy at a punk show and he was like, so what bands do you listen to? And I was like, oh, I love Save Ferris. And he gave me a look. And I didn't realize that the look was because it was the shirt he was wearing. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not oh, no. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was into Scott. But again, like not so into it that I would go. I, first of all, I do not like a mosh pit or a skank pit or like whatever. Whatever is happening mm-hmm. where people are dancing around dangerously. I am too short to fuck with that. And I am too fat to keep up with it. So it's not like I am not I am not trying to be part of that. Uh, and in fact, I have because Don also like he he still loves punk and he was a music reviewer for his college paper. So he was really he really knew what he was what he was well versed in punk. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. No, he's he's great. Uh, and we went to go see. um a, a punk band that I should know the name of, but can't think of now because I'm like that. And uh, I'm short, and he's a whole foot taller than me. And we were up on the side, and a, and a, like a pit broke out, and moshing was happening. And this one girl who looked like she was about to barf like a half an hour earlier, she was in the pit. And I was like, oh, this is literally my nightmare. This is... My nightmare that I might get caught up in this and then get barfed on and not be able to get out of a mosh pit. That is, Fuck. that, that is, I warned on, I was like, if I get barfed on, we're leaving the tri-state area. Like I can't, <laughs> I, I would like um, to give a quick shout out to, um, a handful of songs and musicians that I listened to right around nine 11, which really kind of got me through some things. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, Don had just given me Joni Mitchell's Blue album, which is Ooh. wonderful. And which in Almost Famous, um, the girl gives her little brother and she's like, this is one of those albums that will either change your life or save your life. It was a moment in that that yeah. was far more beautiful than the way I just made it sound. Um, and uh, I had this album long before I heard that. I know almost every song on that album by heart. Like, I love it. And there was something about the specific melancholy tone of that album that really got me through the days after 9-11. Um, and the other is 
Uh, there's a guy named Rob Gonzalez with an L-E-Z, not L-E-S. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but like just before 9-11, it was the most beautiful week. It was the weather was perfect. Everything was incredible. I was new to New York. I was absolutely fucking basking slash wallowing in being on the Lower East Side on such a beautiful day. Like I was feeling it. Everything was perfect. Jamila and I, um, it was like the afternoon and somebody was playing at, let's say, pianos. It was a bar um, that had live music. We stuck our heads in. There were like four people sitting down. And this guy, we, he's like, come on in. I was like, we have ice cream. And he was like, I don't care. Who cares? Come in with your ice cream. You want to listen, right? And we listened to him play for like an hour. I bought his album. And the next day was 9-11. And, uh, oh and I listened to his music throughout the whole thing. And it was just so, it was so lovely. And um, it was a soothing male voice. Uh, that seemed rather woke and feminist at the time. There, There's one album in particular that was like that for me, that was just this healing balm, this salve, and that, like, fertilized all of the soil in me and, and made it possible for me to come back again. And it's kind of an anomaly. So I... I mean, when it comes to, like, Rat Packy crooners, I have my favorites. And admittedly, Harry Connick Jr. has not been the my favorite. The first summer that I ever had, like, <clears throat> a real person job was immediately after an, a, a devastating breakup. Um, and I went home for the summer. It was after that terrible job where I was going to be a lady's nanny and then I found out she wasn't going to pay me, right? So I went home and I was like, well, I have no anything of note. I guess I could waitress. And so it was my first time ever in life waitressing and I had just turned 21. And um, I, I was still just raw and tender and in a place where every day was like, every day was like starting over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the place that hired me as a waitress, God only knows why, was this beautiful little, like, a little bit bougie restaurant um, that was nestled right on the Delaware River. Uh, and it was... I think maybe a little French. It was um, it was pricey and small and cozy and really cute. And I had no business working there as someone <laughs> who had zero weight <laughs> experience at all. I understand that entirely. But they hired me, and um, the restaurant was like in an. It, it was. I mean, it's a Delaware River town, and they were all old fucking Victorian homes. And so the restaurant was in this old home, and I mean, it was just like creaky wooden floors and great big windows with the original glass, and it was summertime, and the windows were always open, and there were big lazy fans spinning everywhere. Uh. And this one album was constantly playing, and I really, really liked it. And I would go to work every day and listen to this album for hours on end. And it would just, that was the only thing they ever played was this album. And That's uh, amazing. <laughs> I was not super good at waiting tables. And so within like a week, the owners were like, honey, we, we gotta, we're real sorry about it. And I was like, no, that's okay. I, I, I get it. <laughs> And they were, <laughs> no, I would fire me were, too. It's okay. I'd I fire understand. me too. It was fine. Let me see and, myself um, out. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, listen, we would, you know, um, here's a free dessert. And like, thank you so much. Oh. Um, and I was like, wait, before I go, I really need to know what is the album that we've been listening to all this time? I don't recognize it at all. And they were like, oh, it's it. And they handed me the box and it was Harry Connick Jr. in at least at the time, like his only original album. Nice. And it's an album called Star Turtle. Oh. It's real weird. It has a lot of interludes because the idea of it is not dissimilar to it. 
I'm, uh, what? Right. Uh, this intergalactic turtle comes down to New Orleans and comes to commune with Harry Connick Jr. and wants him to show him, like, what what beauty and love is. Oh, bitch, I like me a concept album. Please continue. Oh, it's a con- it is. And it was, like, his only original thing. But let me tell you, for a man who's made his life, uh, his living off of jazz standards, his original art is so fucking beautiful. And apparently he was, like, he was born and raised in New Orleans it's home for him. And so he has this deep bayou jazz blues infusion of like, that's who he really is. Right on. Um, oh my God. And so this whole album is just like beautiful, soulful piano ballads peppered with like, um, peppered with like big, brassy, pulsing, uh, jazz up tempos, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's all his original songs, and they're all so fucking beautiful and very fucking New Orleans, and I love it. I love it. And this whole album, like you just get the feeling that it's about it's about a guy looking at his life right now and thinking about how hard it was on the other side. Mm-hmm. And how hard he thought it it was going to be and all his struggles and how now he's here and this is what he has to look back on. Mm. And it was just so beautiful, so singable, so summery too, like a great summer album. And I bought that CD and I listened to it every day of my life for like a fucking year. Ah. Uh. And I still listen to it very frequently. It's a beautiful album experience. Um, it's so good. If this were all his music, he would be one of my favorite musicians of all time. That's amazing. What's it called again? Star Turtle. Of course it is. Right. Right. Star Turtle. And it came Turtle. out, I think, in 96. It's so good. It's oh. so good. So Anything that is, be... that is owed to 96, I'm... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And when you see the album cover art, you're gonna be like, "Oh, of course." Oh, come on now! I'm looking at it right now. Right. <laughs> Which similarly is not too far off from the Babysitters Club promotional art for the movie that came out that year. Mother of God. <laughs> what? Uh, 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 uh. What even? What even? I can't. He's so young. Look at that little baby. Yeah. Look at that baby's very sexy butt. <laughs> and like once I already knew and liked him because of this album. So like he ha- he has a he has a major major um hand in in just like getting me past one of the darkest periods of my life. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I did want to touch on because we have we've teased we, we we've at least teased ourselves with this. I want to talk about the hook soundtrack before we go. <gasps> yes, because I feel like this is okay. So scores played a big part in my life. Um, I just, interesting, 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 weird, interesting, right? I have I have a handful of those also. Go on. Yes, and so scores. I don't know, because I, I guess because I could maybe project fully onto them. <laughs> because there were no words <laughs> sure. to get in the way. Um, and the score to Hook just fucked me up so royally. Mm. And I don't know how to put into words what it feels like, but I would listen to it. Every single night as I went to sleep and every single night I would fall asleep crying. Oh, baby bear. But like beautiful crying. Oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> I think, I honestly think that that movie is what birthed my fucking Wendy complex. I think that that oh. movie is what was like, oh, you can take care of all the boys. <laughs> oh yeah. Kalastima. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Million percent. 
See, like, it's fine to have, a, like, a lady boner for Rufio, because he was a child when we were children. Oh, yeah, no Rufios. We have, uh, 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 Gabby and I knew a guy in forensics from another team who looked like Rufio. Oh. And that was what we called him. In fact, that might have been what everyone in forensics <laughs> called him, because he also spiked his hair. Oh, come on now! <laughs> so good. He was impossibly attractive. Oh, God. Impossibly. Oh, God. Those poor boys, they don't stand a chance. I gotta tell you, I know a number of burlesque performers that have Rufio acts. My favorite is Esmeralda May, who I miss you, Esme. Um, her Rufio act is super, super sexy. It's so Would so good. Would you please tell me what it is? Oh, I I tell mean me I can't I can't describe it. somebody else's burlesque act. It's not it's just she's Rufio and it's sexy. Like I can't Oh, I could give you a play-by-play, but it would be better if you just went onto YouTube and found it yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. I guess I could probably find it on YouTube. She, I'm exciting. sure she does so much cosplay burlesque stuff she, with a group called Cosplay Burlesque that it has Ooh. to be it has to be up there somewhere. But if you just put in Rufio Burlesque, I mean, you're gonna all of your prayers are gonna be answered. Like you're just gonna oh, spend no a really way. long time have all of your your arousal is just gonna be with, like with what? a lot of fucks. Who? How? <laughs> <laughs> ah! that's my favorite thing about burlesque is the like the the weird the things where you're like ah it's because it's not even you know sometimes when you're digging around in porn and you come across something that you're like i don't want to be attracted to that <laughs> that's yeah. that's a very different feeling from burlesque where you're like oh i didn't know i was attracted to that like it's very <laughs> rare that there's going to be something so off center that you're going to really want to like Talk to your therapist about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> and not kink shaming, everything's valid, like whatever, the heart wants what it wants and so does your crotch. But, that's um, it. <laughs> but, yeah, when you're watching something burlesque and you're like, oh, uh, is is Winnie the Pooh a sex object? I didn't know until now. I but... did not know, but now I'm feeling like maybe he is. No. He never wore pants, that's for sure. Uh, I feel like I had a recommendation, and now it's gone. What have I been watching? What? You haven't talked about Run. Haven't I? Haven't I? I mean, you have to me. You have not talked to these fine people about Run. uh, uh, The HBO show called Run. Um, This show is uh, all, all of the fucks and then double fucks on top of it. Um, Merritt Weaver, who I don't know why I feel like she and I look nothing alike. I feel like our acting styles are very similar though. Um, and when I first saw her in Nurse Jackie, I just felt like a really strong kinship with her. And I've been following her this whole time. I didn't get into that weird Western show that she was on, but like on Walking Dead, like I love Merritt Weaver. She is, uh, I feel the epitome of like a quirky leading lady, and then mm-hmm. um, this guy whose name I don't, Dom, Dom Nail, Dom, it's an Irish name, Dom, D-O-M-H-N-A-L-L Gleason. I'm going to look up how to say that after this. Anyway, Ruby and Billy is who they are in the show. And you find out that they like were lovers a million years ago. They all have their normal lives. And then at some point, one of them texts the other one. Uh, uh, Billy texts Ruby run and then she texts back run and it like sets into place this plan from a million years ago where they meet up on a train and it is so hot it is so sexy every single moment is tortured and just like just fucking at separate points they each like run into the train bathroom to run one out where they're just like oh god and and like they almost fuck a bunch in the first two episodes and this like you can like taste their pheromones it's so great and they're both like unconventional they're not the kind of people that you would ordinarily see cast in something like this and I love it because those are the kind of people that I like to see cast in shit like this yeah exactly exactly Oh, and Rich Summer, uh, Summer from, um, he was one of the minor douchebags in Mad Men. He, I, I adore him. Oh, I like him. He reminds me of Andrew. Oh, he 
does. Yes. He he's hot. If I had to work with him, I would be all Oh. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah I would, I, I, yes. Yes. Andrew I like, looks more like him than any other actor. I can see sure. that totally. I like right. those I like that dark hair pink cheeks thing, you know. Mm. Oh. But I also like a ginger, which is Domnal Gleason. Who does um is it Rich Summer? Is that his name? Yes, S O M M E R. Yeah, was, who does he, was, he play? Uh, he plays Ruby's husband. So we haven't actually seen oh. him yet, except for in pictures. So I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but I don't think, I don't think any of this is really spoilers. Um, they all run, away, they both, they each run away from their lives. They ditch their lives, and uh, they're just, they're, I think they're still on this train. And like, oh my god, it's everything, and oh. Uh, it's just so hot. It's all of Jesus that, like, Christ. sitting too close to someone that you made out with a couple weeks ago, but you don't know if they're going to make out with you again. But also, like, it was 18 years ago for them. <laughs> but um, oh, but there's it's a... also completely not. Right. No, no, no. No. And, and you don't. There's such a mystery. There's a moment in the trailer where, like, their hands are right next to each other on the train seat and he scoots his over and they touch for a second and it's like fucking electric. And then she like scoots her hand away like a little cockroach, just like, boop, boop. <laughs> but she's like the aggressor so much of the time. Anyway, it is, uh, I believe the word is scintillating. I believe that's the word I want to use. I believe the word is intolerable. <laughs> Use my HBO password. Use it now. Oh, God. I don't think I can until the series is over. I can't simmer on that shit for a week. Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. That's fair. I will actually die. (laughs) It's a lot. There were moments in that and there were moments in um, uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere where I actually held my breath through an entire scene where I was like, and then then I was like, girl. All right. That's my thing. What's your thing? How about my thing is, like, fuck productivity. Fuck the idea of productivity. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Presuming that we talking make it through it, make it through this, and you listening make it through this, and there is an after that resembles something not like this, and there is an after where we all still have to go do things, regardless of how different that looks from the before. This is a moment in our lives where for once ever ever never again we don't have to do jack shit yep <laughs> not everybody not everybody the majority everybody. of people like i have tons of friends who are still like first responders and who are essential folks but those of us who are like swimming in this world of uncertain jello right and not because you have privilege Maybe simply because it ain't a fucking option. Yeah. My work ain't coming back. Your work ain't coming back. And so despite the fact that, you know, this was not like a choice for us. um, Yeah. If you you can, let yourself just be in this moment, in this clay, this sand, and just sit in it. Yeah, because it's okay, and 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 even if you're like, it's not okay. Well, it will never happen again. <laughs> and there might be times in the <sighs> after where you're like, oh man, wasn't it nice when nobody needed anything from me for months on end? <laughs> I feel when you say sit in it, though, it's sort of like I imagine sitting in a cake, where you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, maybe this is okay. <laughs> like you're not expecting it you're just sitting in a chair you're just sitting in a chair you don't know what's gonna happen you're like here's here's a thing i like to do and that is sitting down and then you sit and you're like oh it's a cake and then you just then you just lean in then you monetize that you lean in and you get yourself an OnlyFans. why am i not doing that i would love to sit in a cake for people because it would require you to have to make more cakes. Oh. 
but it wouldn't even have to look nice. This is a perfect blending of my lack of cake skills, my gigantic ass skills. This is why I was thinking about transferable skills. So uh, please DM me if you want more information about my cake sitting because the foot thing didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't pan out. My feet are just not as cute as they used to be. That's all. Uh, that I mean, that's just getting older, right? That's just years yeah. of miles. Well, on. and there's somebody who's there's definitely somebody who wants to look at my feet, but I I I would rather capitalize on something I feel a little more proud of. That's all. Like sitting in a cake. Listen, uh, listen. Oh, I uh, have a recommendation. I got a big recommendation. Okay. Um, my, wait, listen to what about cake sitting? Oh, I was just going to say my parents are dead, so who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm cutting it together like that. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have anybody around who's going to be ashamed of me. It totally doesn't matter. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Nothing to lose. Um, oh, my recommendation is if you're if you're uh, aching for more TV and if you need some recommendations, Quibi is new and real now. Quibi, I think you can probably only watch on your phone. I think it's so. Meant it's fascinating. Phone. Yeah, I've been I've been tracking them for the last couple of years trying to figure out what they were in the market for thinking that I might have had some shows that would be up their alley but turns out they're mobile exclusively and everything is under 10 minutes usually ranging somewhere around six or seven minutes and it's all free right now and it's all free and you get a free three months you guys Mm -hmm. well there's a new series on Quibi that has released called Dummy (gasps) and my friend Cody, uh, Cody Heller, who is the showrunner of Dummy, the creator of Dummy, she was also a co-showrunner of Deadbeat on Hulu, oh! which is fucking brilliant. I had the joy and pleasure of guesting on it, Girl. and I also was a huge fan of the show. Your episode was so um, great. Oh, my God. It was so great. It was so great. I had so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... And Cody's just uh, also a writer on Kidding, Showtime's Kidding, uh, and on Wilfred. What was Wilfred on FX? I want to say Wilfred was on FX. Anyway. Oh, the dog! Um, yeah, the dog one with the yeah. with the Hobbit. So yes, good. so the dog, good. The dog, the dog one with the Hobbit. No, I haven't yes. seen it, but that's how oh, I know it. Oh my god! First of all, guys, Wilfred is amazing, and I'm pretty sure it streams virtually everywhere. It's so fucking good. So fucking good. Um, and dark and beautiful and cathartic and glorious. And anyway, Dummy just premiered. Dummy is uh, not too unautobiographical for Cody. Cody's uh, engaged to Dan Harmon. Oh, and the show. <laughs> yes. Stop. Cody proposed to Dan Harmon, by the way. I love it. Oh, I love it. She's so fucking rad. She's oh, so rad. She's amazing and it's, hilarious. This is Anna Kendrick's show, right? This is Anna Kendrick. So Anna Kendrick essentially plays Cody. And oh. um, in the show, the conceit of the show is that, like, um, Anna learns that her boyfriend slash fiance slash husband, whatever, her significant other dude, um, has a sex doll. And it's, like, an actual relationship. And so the show, ostensibly, is about Anna Kendrick trying to make peace with this and like figure out how she can embrace this sex doll in her own life and like um and so it it is it's a sex doll with a bunch of uh sensors on its face so there's an actress who plays the sex doll and then computers make it work the way it's supposed to but um oh wow so he's the the, the, sorry the doll is like a uh an emotional part of this guy's life it's not just something that he fucks i believe so yes yes I'm almost certain. I ha I haven't downloaded Quibi yet, but uh, I've been following along with Dummy for the last like yearish. Right on. I think. Um, and Cody is the business, and uh, I-, I adore her, and I love her sensibilities, and she's a legend. So go watch Dummy. 
That's Watch that Tony. sounds super fun. Um, it's interesting yeah. because the one person who reached out to me about that, um, she was like, "This looks really good, but why is the boyfriend so much older?" But it makes sense if it's uh, autobiographical. If she was yes. trying to make that okay, yes, yeah, yeah, super. I mean, right down to Cody. Uh, Cody rocks this like very army navy surplus look so well and she always has like a beanie on and she still looks super fucking hot and that's how Anna Kendrick is dressed for the entirety of the Oh my god, so I'm going to watch a whole bunch of those as soon as I get off the phone with you. They I believe they should almost all be available. I forget when she said the last episode. They they release one a day and it came out on the 20th, so there should be like Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. Ta-da. Enjoy dummy. Well, enjoy everything. Because Girl. why? what other choice do we have? Exactly. So don't push yourself to fucking be productive. Just enjoy what you're going to enjoy. Do what you need to do. Do what chills you the fuck out and makes you happy. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And literally everything else is a fucking construct of capitalism. Yep. I mean... I'm, I know that this is scary for people who don't know where their next money is coming from. And I know that for sure, I know that you and I have a little bit of a different perspective on that. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's temporary. It is. It's temporary. I adore you. I adore you so much. You are like all of my Sarah McLaughlin feelings poured into In the arms of That's my least favorite song of hers. But yeah, mine too. I might like it better if it wasn't always like weeping, dying dogs. Well, that's why you gotta listen to some of that fumbling towards ecstasy shit. Uh, those are those are better songs to ascribe to people. Lovely. You're fabulous. <laughs> You're the best one. Oh, I take it. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs>